Hello everyone, welcome to Timeless Voyager, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. I'm your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes. Today, my guest is Lindsay Sharman. She says, uplift all of yourself and release what no longer serves you. Lindsay answers questions in plain, understandable English, allowing the audience to voyage through the unknown and come out on the other side with an understanding that includes past life healing, trauma release, soul retrieval, messages from source, and the spiritual support needed in a loving presence. So today we're going to talk about past life trauma healing. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. This is, a, is this your second or third time? I can't even remember. I think this is my third time being I, on the show. Yeah. That's we what I think. a good conversation. <laughs> All right. So past life trauma healing. How would you like to begin with that? Well, I guess uh, it's helpful maybe for people who have never thought of it before to to know that you know they have past lives in in my experience and if you don't believe that that's okay you don't have to believe that to sort of understand at least the concepts that we're going to talk about today because they're the same um methodologies and dynamics that would also just serve you to heal the trauma in this current life uh, and so the ideas are universal either way whether you go with us into the understanding of past lives or not um, and some people who I talk to and work with don't want to think of it as past lives. They want to think of it as other aspects of psyche or of the collective consciousness that are somehow connected to them. And that's also, I think, totally fine. And I'm not personally attached to any given, you know, interpretation of the things that happen spiritually. I just know my role and I know my um, guidance is to help people release these old traumas and what I've found in my work with people is that past lives hold a lot of the trauma that we are carrying in this current life. And another way to think about that is the karma that we're experiencing in this current life, you know, as a lot of it has roots in some of these past lives and often more than one. So when we're experiencing something in this life that is difficult or even positive, a lot of times the roots of our understanding of that, our creation of that are in these past lives. And when we can access that and uh, oftentimes integrate it or release it, uh, then our current life changes, our current well, psyche changes. Let me interrupt you for a second. So I think the most important concept I like to get across to people is you are responsible. <laughs> you are responsible. You may not remember, but you are responsible. So the idea of pointing fingers towards other people or other situations is a mistake am, am i correct on that i don't think it's helpful yeah so it, it is a mistake i think to do that and um and we're taught to do that we're conditioned to do that we see it all around us so it can become a habit and, and we all might still have little bits of that left or a lot of that left but to get closer and closer towards taking responsibility for yourself is the best thing you can do um, and, you know, some people will say to me, well, like, then why am I blaming a past life for what's going on right now? 
And it's like, Mm. well, you're not blaming it, right? You're just recognizing that there's the root of the current experience is back there. And it is just helpful to have soul retrieval or to have release of the traumatic experience and energy or reintegration of yourself on these levels so that you can experience a higher state of thriving in this current life. So, and it is your responsibility, whether you are good or bad or neutral or experienced good or bad or neutral from others, all of it's your responsibility. So um, let's start out with what, how does this work? How, how, does, how, does this, how do you do this with a person? So they someone comes to you or and they can do this do they do this over the internet also or or all the time or how do you operate i only work over the internet actually so everything i do is distance so i work with people from all over the world the old school days when the person came to you and (laughs) sat down on a couch now do you do you hypnotize them or no No, i don't do past life regression no okay so there's there's an example of of me not under even understanding something like that well, and I, you're, you shouldn't, you shouldn't understand it because no one in the world, as far as I know, does what I do. So oh, why okay. would you? <laughs> right. All right. Um, well, that's, yeah, I was, yeah, I was taught talking. Go ahead. <laughs> I was taught and guided to do this by my spiritual guides and allies. So there, is, there might be someone in the world doing what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, but I don't think so. Uh, this is just bred and born of of that connection I have with Source and with my guides and allies who um, pushed me begrudgingly <laughs> to do this work um, in some ways. I always say that, but I, I don't want people to think I don't love what I do and I'm not very deeply honored. I am deeply honored that I get to do this. I just, I think we can all relate maybe to um, having some resistance towards some of our own glow and shine and greatness you know uh nelson mandela was really good at talking about that right like actually a lot of us are scared to step into our power so i think it's more that than anything but it was also self-doubt right where i thought that can't be done and uh so basically what happened was i've been doing tarot my whole life uh for decades and um i think i think i think it's like 28 years now or something at this point and uh, so I'm very familiar with tarot, all sorts of tarot readings I do, all sorts of um, people who I work with, all sorts of topics that we touch on. And, and one day, and this is after my own long spiritual journey of, of having remembered many past lives of my own, healing the trauma from those past lives, understanding how they're connected and how the healing of it has affected this current life when, I, when I'm able to do that. All of that had already happened. And, I, you know, my guides and allies were saying to me, you need to start doing past life tarot readings. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to me. How would I, well, how would a card in a tarot deck show me or tell me about someone's past life? And how would I be able to really share that with them? And they just Mm -hmm. kind of helped me understand, you know, I do soul retrieval work. I do ceremonial healing work. And in that, I've often seen people's past lives. And they were like, if you can see people's past lives, you can see people's past lives. You can do it through tarot or you can do it through these other methods. So try it during tarot and see what you get. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. Right. Again, no, I'm no, I don't think any other person in the world does past life tarot reading. So there's no guidebook on how to do this. So I just sat down and channeled through the the layout that we were going to use, what each card was going to be, what it represented. And then a couple brave souls allowed me to test this on them. (laughs) And uh, it was perfect. As soon as I would flip the card over, there would be this past life that would just come into my 
consciousness, right? Like a psychic download or however people want to think of that. And I would start to see deeper and deeper into it. So if I'm hypnotizing anyone when I do this work, it's myself, right? I'm the one stepping into the channel. I'm the one opening up to that flow. And um, that is sort of a meditative, psychic, spiritual space that is um, just like hip being hypnotized. And so, you know, when I'm in that space, I can see this life, I can start to share it with people. And I kind of thought, well, if they're not recalling it themselves, if they're not experiencing it themselves, what good is it for them? What good is it if I just see that? But again, my guides reminded me, I had seen this in my spiritual healing work, my shamanic healing work that I do with people. I had seen past lives come up and them just hearing about it and feeling it every time they feel it. Some people do start to remember it. They're like, I feel like I, I feel like I've known this already before, right? Like well, they have some familiarity. This is a, this is a, I think quite a difference in the sense that um, rather than you taking, let's say, ownership of the entire situation and telling everyone what it's about, um, many people through through this technique that you've either developed or or has been given to you. Uh, a person can uh, have the experience themselves so they can kind of confirm it. Yes. And what's more important to me, and, and I've seen over and over again, is that people are able to say, oh, that's why I'm like this. Right. And we and this is what happened for me in my own past life recalls. I would I would go, oh, that's why I have this fear of blank or that's why I love this type of you know, aesthetic, or that's why I really re relate to this time period in history, or whatever it might be, right? And things just click and make sense. And and so every time I did, and still do, these readings with people, that's the, that's the energy that I get. Some people, like I said, have this familiarity, some people kind of remember, some people just go, oh, it, everything makes so much more sense. Now I can Right. There's something in them that is confirming it and reminding them of the truth of that. And what's most powerful about that is then they get to access these emotions and these states of mind, these these limiting beliefs or these constructs that we've had in our mind and these different aspects of themselves that they can now go, OK, well, it's time to heal this. Right. It's time to release this. And what's really cool about the reading is that it also suggests some future moments coming up where that specific trauma, that specific karma, these specific mental patterns are going to be coming up again, which is always good, actually, because then we have the opportunity to act and, and make it real right now, right? And say, I really am releasing this. Here's how I'm going to do this differently this time, <laughs> right? Um, and so that's really cool, too, that that's a part of the reading. So when a person starts with you, uh, what do you do? Do you now you use the term channel? So mm -hmm. sometimes I think people should have a specific understanding of what you mean by that. Yeah, for me, channeling is anytime you are in alignment with, uh, I just call it source flow or a connection with God or your higher self, you might think of it as it's a higher level of consciousness and energy that you are stepping into. And for me, it's like surrendering to. So then what comes through is not from you at all, right? These images of the past life, they're not from me. The descriptions of them, the, what I'm seeing of them, that's not from me. The love that's coming through from people's guides and allies as they are in connection with me and any of the services I offer, 
that's not from me it's just coming through me so that's the idea of a channel for me uh it can also be that direct word for word messages are coming through from a specific guide or ally um and that's that's a type of channeling many people are more i think familiar with but anything where you're connecting you're opening up to that flow and that something else is coming through that's higher purer right like of a of a more I guess, perfect vibration and, and, and energy that all of that is channeling to me. So a, a key word that you used, ally, that's mm -hmm. a shamanic, or at least from my point of view, the first time I ever came across that was when I was studying Carlos Castaneda back in, I think, uh, 1970 or so, something like that. And uh, is that, is that, true yeah because i don't you don't usually hear i don't usually hear the word ally from most people that i've interviewed who use the term channeling hmm. yeah i don't know actually honestly exactly where i got it i have um some shamanic teachers of various traditions from around the world and i would not be able to tell you which if if i got it from them it sounds like maybe i did you know but i'm not sure well, not that it changes what you're doing, but I just was mentioning the idea in case yeah. my person hears the word ally. Yeah, I am talking about on that spiritual level of being. And, you know, I use the interchangeably with spiritual guides um, and, and a lot of people don't. And, you know, there's people who talk about totem animals and spirit animals and heaven's animals. And a lot of people uh, categorize all these types of beings as very different from one another. But when I'm in that state and interacting with them, there's one commonality and it's that they are all of that higher level consciousness and not incorporeal they don't have bodies <laughs> so whatever you want to call all of that is is again i'm not too attached to the word but that's why i use both guides and allies because it seems like some people just relate more to one or the other when i'm also describing them i might just say like these could be your saints your buddhas your gods your goddesses right it could be anything that is on that level and there's so many different types of consciousnesses on that level and right. I, was gonna, <laughs> I was just going to say um i guess there's a hierarchy um not that i know what the hierarchy is um but do you feel the hierarchical presence like are certain uh beings in different places that you recognize and do you so and if you do that because i see you shaking your head yes um are you able to tell which ones are and i hate to use the word credible but i'll i'll, I'll use that word and then you can correct me if you like are there some that are more credible than others um no actually so what is really cool for me well i'll say yes <laughs> that the, that does exist when I'm in this connection, everything that comes through is of love, of source, of light. And this is a very clear practice I've developed and energy I've developed so that only that comes through. And anything that is of love is true. And anything that's true is true 100%. There's no faltering in it, right? So everything that comes through is just as credible or valuable as anything else. If you weren't so great at psycho-spiritual protection and really developing your will and your intention and really like getting centered and being of this clarity, you would perhaps connect with beings that are not so clear, not so loving, not so true, 
right, of, of less credibility, you might say. And, and that's a whole other thing. Those exist, but I don't connect with those. Um, so what comes through is of love, it's of truth, and it is beautiful. Uh, and that's, that's 100%. The beings themselves, they have different sort of like levels, like you said, like there is some sort of hierarchy, if we want to think of it that way. And I always feel weird about that, but I don't think they feel weird about that, right? I feel weird judging or like, you know, saying this one's here and this one's here, but it is true that when I see them and experience them, you know, the greater, let's say the, the magnitude or the quality of their energy or light or consciousness, the larger they look on the soul level. So there's beings I interact with that seem to me about my size, right? And it's all relative. It's, it's a strange space to be in, but they seem about my size, right? There's others that I will just see their toe and I'll have to like zoom out and look up and I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> you are massive. No, that's, that's interesting. And that is something yeah. that I think a, a, a person like myself who doesn't have this experience would not have known of until you said that. Yeah, well, and I didn't, I, I didn't expect it, you know, and when I started interacting on that level more and more and started seeing that, I started understanding, oh, this is sort of my indication of that hierarchy, right? How powerful and, and how high level the being is that's coming through. Um, yeah, so it's very, it's very interesting. They're, not, they're just not bigger, though. It's like, it's like, could they just be bigger, but not necessarily? I don't know. This is a silly thing to talk about. Let's yeah, no, about. in my experience, the size that I perceive them at is the indication of their their quality and their right hmm. level, or however you want to say that. So this is the thing about everything on that level for me. All of it is just information, and it's just showing itself to you in whatever way you can interpret it and understand it. So it's not that they are actually any larger. They don't have size. They don't have mass, right? It is that that is the way right. of, of helping me understand what's going oh, on. I see. Yeah. Okay, so a person um, meets with you, and then, I mean, I, I mean I'm not asking you to go through the, the, the litany of, of your protocol and all that. Well, I mean, I might be, but I don't mean to be. Yeah. So what exactly, let's, let's say you uh, tell them or they experience something that has happened. Does the, does ex the experience itself create uh, a change or is there something else that has to happen? And do you have to do something else then to, let's say, release whatever the thing is? That's my question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of times the experience itself is already, let's say, uh, cathartic, right? It's already starting to dissolve and release and reintegrate just in itself. And I always, it's hard to maybe explain sometimes to people, but even a tarot reading, blessing energy is coming through this higher level stuff, you know, this channel is open. And so you're receiving all of this. It's, it's like being in a field of healing and love, even if we're not doing a ceremony or a specific healing. When we're doing that, it's even, you know, more. <laughs> but even in a tarot reading, this is what's coming through. So just that experience, just the information that's coming through is already changing a person, let's say. Oftentimes, there are suggestions from their guides and allies of what they should do. I don't like the word should, but let's just say what they're being prescribed to do to continue the process, right? To be more helpful to themselves, to continue the healing of it. And you never you never have to do these things, right? And this is true of everything in life. Like we don't have to 
eat salad every day. But we know if we do, we'll probably be better off, right? And it's the same with these. It's like, if you want to do these practices, this whole healing will go easier for you. You're still going to heal either way. That's what your soul wants. That's what you came to me for. That's what you're doing. I have nothing really to do with it. I'm just the channel, right? But you're doing this for yourself. So that's going to continue. And if you would like it to be easier and better, <laughs> then you can do these, these specific practices. And um, most often I have it, I'm hearing and give at least one suggestion of, of an ongoing practice to do to assist. I do, however, also have what I call now the past life trauma healing journey, uh, which is a series of sessions of various types of healing and connecting with one another that we do over the course of about six months or so. And that's even more profound for people. I found people transform their entire self and lives and it's so beautiful. Well, so it would make, it you would can make, go as deep as you want, right? <laughs> right? Sense. Well, the two things make sense. Uh, the first one would be the idea that there would be some instructions so a person doesn't just have an experience and then say, thank you. Well, they, I mean, they could, but so you're giving them instructions of things that they do to, let's say, focus on a particular issue. And the other thing is, of course, it takes time or at least, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, 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 I'm going to say that I've been with gurus that do this, but that isn't actually true. So I don't want to say that. I don't know why I said it just now. It's hard I, sometimes to talk about these things because of that. I know of healers. That's a better way to say it. I know of healers that create what is what appears to be an instantaneous change. And yes. I do believe in the instantaneous change. Yes. Um, but uh, I personally have not had an experience like that. Although I've witnessed people who said they've had that. Have you ex have you seen that happen during as your sessions? I have. And more so with sound healing for whatever reason. Um, so I also do sound healings. And uh, with those, often people will have physical instantaneous uh, we can say releases or healings. Um, so I never promised that, right? Because I don't promise anything in any of my work, actually. I just say, if you come into that, well, you know, if you come into this, you will know of a past life. And if you choose to heal with it, you can do that. If you come into this sound healing, you will receive healing energy and it will transform you. How it will do it, we don't know. Sometimes past lives come up in the sound healing. Sometimes soul retrievals happen in the sound healing but I can't promise you they will, right? So I can't promise that you'll have a physical healing either, but I've seen it happen over and over again. And uh, one of my favorite ones was a woman who, and I didn't even know ahead of time that she had this issue, uh, but she had, and I'm, I really am sorry, I don't remember if it's that she couldn't stop swallowing or she just wasn't able to swallow, but it was one of those two things. And whatever it was, it was very distressing and it made life difficult. Um, I didn't know that. We did a, short sound healing. We just did a 15 minute one. I like to do these hour and a half long sessions and 45 minutes of it is just pure sound healing. And the rest is the messages that come through and me sharing that level of information that I'm getting. Uh, but this is a little, little short, little healing she wanted to do. And so we did it and a lot came through. Those can be just as powerful, which is interesting too. And 
um, you know, something did come through for the throat and I was telling her about where this seemed to stem from and how it seemed to be releasing and how she could continue helping it release more and more. And she wrote me back the next day and she said, I, I didn't tell you this, but I had this condition and I haven't had it since then. <laughs> and she's like, and I've never had a break in this. And I've gone to all sorts of specialists, all sorts of doctors, MRIs and all these things. And no one could ever know what's wrong with me. And now I don't have it anymore. And I'm like, this is, this is why I don't even pretend to know what's going to happen, but I just allow whatever needs to come through to come through and it can work miracles. It's not me doing it. That's that energy that comes through. Now, historically, um, Edgar Cayce uh, did something similar to this, just just to use a different <laughs> name or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there seem to be many, many uh, people on the planet who do this. Um, we in America or the United States don't seem to have as much access. Well, there may be access, but there don't seem to be a lot of people who do this. I, I suspect it has to do with the um, pharmaceutical environment and, and quote unquote science, because a lot of these things do not fall into either one of them. Although in the pharmaceutical world, um, many of these things are, are, I mean, the pharmaceuticals don't come from, nowhere right <laughs> you know they're right. synthesized bark from trees and synthesized roots from different plants but um anyway i mean i don't have to say much about that however what i would like to ask you because you kind of threw out the term sound is there something that you can give more of an explanation on what exactly is it um what uh, what kind of a sound are we talking about you produce a sound with your uh, vocal cords or oh, okay all right so let, that was the question then let's just let's go through that now yeah and i i, I want to answer that question i also just because it's synchronous i got this um i'm, I'm signed up for edgar casey's like word of their phrase of the day or something right so every day i cool. get this email it's a nice way to start the day and today's was know that all strength all healing of every nature is the changing of the vibrations from within the attuning of the divine within the living tissues of a body to the creative energies. This alone is healing. Whether it is accomplished by the use of drugs, the knife, or whatnot, it is the attuning of the atomic structure of the living cellular force to its spiritual heritage. Mm -hmm. And I loved this so much. I love that it's so synchronous and it actually leads right into the answer about sound healing because that is what sound is best as, is attuning people to remember what is already true within them, right? And it, it says this here, to return it to the living cellular force of its spiritual heritage. You already had this, this is in your information field. You're just stepping back into that alignment with it, right? And this is why miraculous healings can occur, right? Because your body, <laughs> it seems slow and it can take time and we know that. And so maybe we're creating that more, but it can also be instantaneous. Your body's like, oh yeah, it's like this actually, right? Or that your mind is like, oh, okay, here's, here's what I actually, this is my highest state of thriving. I already had this blueprint. Sound is so powerful because it carries so much information in a tiny, quick little packet and all of us receive it, whether we like it or not, right? And it's, it's so fascinating to me that sound can heal people from any distance. I'm working with people from Australia over in Europe, you know, maybe just in the same state, but not right here with me. And they're not even hearing the sound. 
<laughs> so this is there's two types of sound healing I do. The one that I offer to people as sound healing, I'm using tuning forks. Uh, and the tuning forks may or may not come through this very nice microphone I have, but it, you know, these platforms we're using aren't meant to pick up these tiny, small sounds of the tuning fork as it, you know, is struck and then starts to slowly peter out. That's not what it's designed to pick up. I don't have a sound studio here. So people might hear some of it, but they're not even really hearing it, but they're getting the information, they're getting the intention. And, and what it does in my understanding, what I've been guided to understand is that the sound is carrying the intention that you have of this pure channel that you've opened, of the energy that's coming through it, and it's sending it anywhere instantaneously to be received as purely as possible by this being, by this consciousness that you're sending it to. Sound is this miraculous force, you know, and in all these traditions all throughout history, we see this, you know, God spoke and created the world or the sound preceded the form. And so sound is just one of these tools we have that is so powerful and miraculous for that reason and like edgar casey says it's really it's just reminding you look you already had this information i'm just inviting you to feel it embody it step back into alignment with it and you know another thing that another way of looking at that is that as that sound comes into the field carrying this pure force this pure energy this channeled energy through it is letting go of everything that isn't in alignment with that highest state, that highest consciousness, that highest energy that is coming in. So the easier it is for you to release those things that are not this <laughs> highest place, the better the sound healing will go for you. And at the same time, you don't really have to be too conscious of what you're doing while you're receiving it. You just have to receive it and hold that intention that you are healing and you are releasing whatever's old and gunky and doesn't serve you anymore, right? And you're going back to this state that you already were. So I, I do also use my voice sometimes just to throw that in there as well. And that is going to happen more when I'm doing blessings with people or we're doing guidance sessions. Sometimes I have a soul songs, various soul songs that have been given to me. And that's part of the way that the energy channels through as it expresses uh, through sound coming out of my voice. So that's a different type of sound healing, but I don't offer it as its own service. And you know, my background, of course, is in music and all that stuff. So for me, um, so I've been around the, uh, the different types of bowls that that can create sound or or actually well i'm going to call this vibration because i think for you yeah so the point of of this now is to say i get a little technical about this and i don't know if it's going to bore anybody but i'll say it anyway the uh the understanding that i have on 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 sound has to do with the overtone structure and one of the problems that i have seen with digital uh with the world of digital information is that uh the stair stepping which which people are probably familiar with let's say with a picture more than anything else where the more you go in on the picture the more it begins to uh, basically pixelate and a pixel is just a picture of a or or not even a picture it's a description of a picture so it's not the picture itself. It's a description of it. And that carries, of course, in sound, which uh, when you have a vibration or, or a group of vibrations, once it becomes digitized, 
now you have a description of the sound as opposed to the sound. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want yeah. to do thing here. But my question has always been, um, are we, I don't want to use the word, well, I'm going to say, are we fooling ourselves about the concept of sympathetic vibration or just vibration itself? And perhaps we're not getting anywhere near the healing qualities that occur when you are, let's say, there. Or if you had a way to send something in analog. You know, I always joke about the fact that was there really an improvement on these cell phones when they became digital? And no. anyone who was around in the days of the analog phones can say absolutely not. I uh -huh. mean, all you have to do is be put on hold by someone and in comes this this invitation of music that is horrible. Okay, well, that's enough of that stuff. So my question to you is, um, are not are you aware of that, but is there... Yeah. Uh, is there a way around that let's say or is and you just said it you actually answered the question before i asked it <laughs> you said that it was the intention um and and i i have a hard time with that one so i'm not saying i don't believe you i'm just saying i, I personally have that issue yeah but, no a lot of people do and and i'll say that no one should ever go into a healing or a session with someone if it's not exactly what they feel best about. And that doesn't mean good or bad or anything, right? It just means that you are going to receive more when you believe, trust, love, or excited or whatever, right? When you are in that space, that just is true. So when people say to me like, well, I would rather be in person, can't you do in person? And I say, no, I can't, <laughs> I literally can't. Even if you came all the way here to my house, there is no space here for us to do anything together. This even space I'm in right now talking to you is a tiny corner of a tiny room. And that's what I have to work with, right? So um, no, but if that's what you need, you should absolutely find someone who can do that because that's what's going to work best for you. The people who uh, trust and, and step into this space with me, you know, the digital is not even necessary. And when I was first doing sound healings with people, I wouldn't even get on Zoom with them, right? I wouldn't even get online with them. I would just say, lay down or whatever you want to do, get in your meditative pose and meditate, whatever's best for you to be, feel receptive. And I will do this sound healing and then we can connect and I'll share with you afterwards. Um, because people tend to focus a lot sometimes on, well, I'm not hearing it. Well, you don't need to hear it, right? In fact, I can do a blessing for you and not even know where you are in the world, right? And I can, um, and, and anyone can do that. When you've done this a, a million times probably, right? Where you think of someone, you're thinking of them and then they call you. That is the analog nature of the universe. That is how information works in the universe. Information is not digital, it is analog. Love is not digital, it is analog, right? The universe is analog. So we can have these imitations and they might help us. Right now you and I can talk and we can hear each other and it's much more clear than if we were psychically trying to communicate and we're not like the best psychics in the world, right? Um, and so it's helpful in that way, but it really doesn't matter. This is not the thing, it's the analog that matters. So when I'm blessing, when the channel comes through, when that energy is happening, that is analog energy and it is going to the source whether or not, or I should say the target, whether or not anyone believes it or not. But when you believe it, when you're in alignment with it, just like Edgar Casey said, that's when it's going to allow you to step back into alignment again more easily. I see this all the time with people who sometimes will come in and 
they're just a little bit not really believing or not really sure or or they've even come in to get this reading or whatever it is from me as like a test like they want to test me <laughs> right and those people the information still comes through but it's a lot harder it's it's a lot muddier it's a lot less clear and it's a lot like more difficult for me to translate it for them then people come in who are fully ready they're like they know they've been to me before they've seen the transformation themselves they're so that just opens right up and things just start flooding through and it's so clear and they get so much more out of it. So I see the power of intention every time I do this. I see the power of our belief and our limiting mindsets, right? And and I see the effect of our ability to step fully into that and receive fully as well. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps answer it. And you're absolutely right. And anyone can test this and see, listen to a record there's analog for you and then listen to a CD. There's not the same quality, <laughs> right? But it is also true, you're still going to get the information from it. You could still like hear a song on a CD and it could make you cry, right? You can still receive from it if you choose to what it is that you need from it. You know, it's, it's interesting. You brought up so many concepts and I'm not gonna touch them, but um, I just remember back in the uh, uh, mid seventies, the biggest issue that all of us had in the music business was what was called the hiss, the hiss on the tape. And so they were coming up with all these things to get rid of the hiss, which was, you know, Dolby and all these things. And no matter what you did, you would you would either lose or compromise the sound. So finally, everybody thought, well, OK, we'll just live with the hiss. And of course, the same thing happened with vinyl. The reason pe people got rid of vinyl was because of the clicking and all and, and the destruction of, of the vinyl record by the needle. And so, but, and yet, if a person wants to really hear a song with its analog feeling, that's why they have vinyl records. Uh, just, just as a, a point of reference for people who either didn't know or, or forgot or something. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about past life trauma healing. So when a person um, comes through the, through, your, uh, through the session and you deliver the information, and they uh, and, and let's say they're true to the uh, instructions that you've given them. Um, what is your what is wh how, what is your experience? Do, do they ultimately become better or whatever? And be and just as a little caveat to that, you know, what you said was so important. That's why I want to underline this before you answer the question. The reason that almost none of these things work in an, a laboratory environment. <laughs> is because science only recently, okay, when I say recently, I mean within the last, you know, 50 years or what, but in the quantum field, they've become used to what's called entanglement. So entanglement says that everything knows what everything, everything knows, everybody, everything knows what's going on. That's why if you look at something, it changes. If you, if you, uh, if you try to influence it, it may or may not change, but it does know that you're looking at it. So um, the question, of course, then is, if everything is entangled, then of course you can't trick somebody. So what you're saying is the reason the person is doing an injustice to themselves is because if they come to you to test whether you can heal them or not, then probably you can't heal them or they can't receive it. Yeah. Okay. And I've thrown out a few things here and feel free to just start discussing it. 
Yeah, I, I, and and to be clear, people still do receive the truth. They receive answers to their questions. They do receive some level of healing. It's just not as much as they could have if they let go of that and just came with the full openness, even even just that neutrality of like, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm open to it. That's even of a higher, you know, uh, ability to receive than this like, oh, I'm not sure. And what is this really? And, you know, that sort of or I'm going to I'm going to prove that you can't do this. I had one guy come in and he literally was. And I knew it. I'm, you know, whatever you want to call it, I'm at least some level of psychic. And so I could tell instantly this person is coming in to try to prove me wrong, right? To try to say that this is all hokum or whatever, right? And we did a tarot reading. And by the end, he was like astonished and crying. And he was like, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Like, I didn't understand. I, I just, I didn't know. And he kept saying that over and over again. And I was like, yeah, I mean, but his soul needed that too, right? Like his, that was part of his healing was to come in as a pure skeptic with an ill intent and to have it completely turned around and have it shown to him that, you know, God or source or whatever can work through anything to help you get to where you need to be. So, um, but so, you know, even, even those people are receiving what they need. Uh, and I just know also it would be even more powerful for them and it would be even more transformative in their life if they would let it be even even bigger. And I've learned this for myself too. I've gone into most of my own all through my life. I was the skeptic. I was the biggest resistor. And I was the one saying, no, none of this is real. You're all frauds. And I would go into these things as well. And then I would have to come out the other side and go, whoa, like something else is going on here. <laughs> and that's why, you know, when people are like, oh, I don't believe you, or I don't think, I don't believe in that. Or, I'm like, that's fine. You should. I'm, I get it. I've been there. <laughs> you should do whatever feels good to you. Now, I don't want to uh, lose our time here and not show people some of your uh, books. So if we, if you don't mind, let's let's change just a little bit for a moment. And um, I have I have five. I think I have. Yeah, I have five books here. So I guess I can either call out the title. Well, I, don't, I can't even call out the title. I can call out the first word of the title <laughs> or I can just show a book. How about if I show a book and then and then uh, we discuss it? Okay. Okay, so this is the key of transformational healing. I'd say if there was one book of mine that anyone was going to get, this might be the one that they'd want. And this book still blows my mind. This is a, I just call it pure channeled because it's word for word channeled uh, in, as, a, as opposed to what we were talking about where general impressions and ideas can come through and that's still a channel opening. But this was... Here is word for word what we are saying to you. Write this down. So the key of transformational healing is a really profound spiritual teaching and guidebook maybe. And uh, it blew me away when it came through and I still go back to it. I do spiritual teachings and meditations every Sunday. And a lot of times we'll touch on the content of the key of transformational healing. And I'm still, you know, like, whoa, this is, this is big. This is deep and heavy. So this book actually came through when I received a reminder on my phone that said, consider writing the key of transformational healing. And I didn't put that there, at least not consciously, maybe in a sleepwalking state or something. But this reminder popped up on my calendar as though it was an appointment I had to go to. And it just said that. And uh, I just laughed because I knew that was one of my guide's ways of telling me, like, it's time for you to write this book. And here's the title. So sit down and write it. <laughs> so I did. I sat down and I opened the channel and this is what came through. And um, so, yeah, that's the key of transformational healing. It's a really fantastic book. 
All right, then we have this one. Uh, Earth, a trough in time. So this one, Vitalis, sine curve of aeons, and uh, Trinity's Genesis, a future once removed. Those are all in a trilogy of fictional novels. So this is actually book two in this trilogy. And this trilogy is about the, um, the sine curve of aeons. And this is that cycle that we go through from golden age to dark age, from golden age to dark age, from golden age to dark age, over and over again, seemingly and uh, what humans are really doing in that cycle and, and why they're doing it. And so um, this is a really exciting series. I love it. The concepts, again, that came through, this is a not directly channeled, but that other method of channeling, I would sit down and a scene would plop into my head and characters would just plop into my head. I never planned any of these books even a tiny bit <laughs> just would come through in that way. And so all three of these fictional novels are also channeled in that way. And they're very fun to read, but they're also exceptionally helpful. They're healing for us and they help us understand, you know, our, our role here as souls on earth. So what is the first book in, in this uh, group? The Phytalis, Sign Curve of Ands is the first book and Earth, A Trough in Time is the second. Yep. And then the, the third is that Trinity's Genesis, a future once removed. Uh, and it's fun, you know, when they came through, I couldn't have planned this either, but Phytalis, the first one is the longest. Uh, the the middle one, Earth, a trough in time is, is a medium length and Trinity's Genesis, a future once removed is pretty short. And, you know, when I, when I was done with the trilogy, it took me 10 years because uh, I was writing this as I was having full-time job and everything else in life was going on. Um, so at the end of that, when I saw that, I, I thought, well, isn't that fun? Because the golden age is the longest age, right? The middle, the bronze ages and what those are the medium length and the dark age is just a tiny sliver actually. So, and that's what each of these books represents. And then this one. And all endings are beginnings is another, I would say it's directly channeled, but it's a little, it's slightly muddier here and there because these came through as the end of every episode of Rogue Ways, the show I do. And when I'm interviewing someone at the end, I have sort of a closing monologue. And I started realizing that those were pretty directly channeled through as they would reflect all of the content that we had discussed in the interview, even though I don't really plan my interviews. I just you know, have some ideas of what that person might want to talk about. We just start talking and we just go with it. So I, I don't really know ahead of time. And every time these endings would be kind of profound, kind of uplifting, kind of inspirational, and also really good at concluding everything we had talked about. And I just, I thought, wow, and people would comment on it. They'd say, I love your outros, or I love your closing monologues, or I love the endings of your shows. And so I went through it one day and I just collected them all because I wanted to see, you know, like if, if they're all together, what is this like? And I realized this is a really inspirational book, actually. <laughs> so I made this all endings. This is the endings of the shows. Um, all endings are beginnings. And what people started using it as is like an oracle. So they'll ask a question and open it and whatever that page, you know, that that ending, that closing monologue, that would be the answer to their question. And I started using it that way. And it's super effective. It's actually really good. And, you know, I love that that use of this book. So I call this the Oracle book sometimes as well. All right. So I wanted to make sure we had time to get into that without being a crunch time. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you want to say uh, about the books other than what we discussed? Of course, uh, well, you, can you, can... Get, you can get them yeah. with this. You can go right. Yep. 
You can go to rogueways.org. I sell them myself. And, and if I do, if you buy them from me, I write a little channeled inscription for you. So a message for you from your guides and allies in the front. You can also get them on uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And they're also, most of them are on Audible as well. So if you like to listen to books, especially the fictional ones, I think are really fun to listen to. Um, and so you can get them there. And if I also have a like a bundle system on my shop at rogueways.org. So if you get them from me, you can get, for example, the trilogy, all three books together, and it's a little bit cheaper than if you bought them separately. If you want to buy the two uh, inspirational, you know, source messaging channel books, you can get those as a bundle. You can also get all five of them as a bundle. So, you know, if, you, if you're really a big reader and you want all of them, that is the best way to go. Yeah, the uh, Audible must work out really well because people do that when they're going to work. Matter of fact, yeah. All of my shows are on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that stuff, along with YouTube and whatever. So, um, yeah. Now, we have a little bit of time, um, and we discussed a whole bunch of things, but is there anything that you might have would like to discuss that we didn't and you would like to go at? Got about maybe five, ten minutes, let's say. Give you an idea. Yeah. Um, I guess I would just say, you know, to people that really to trust themselves and what they're called to. And, you know, when you do that and you follow that urge, like it can lead you to your own healing anyway. And I love to help people heal. I mean, that's what I've been called to do. And I have followed that calling and, and here I am, you know, doing it. And I also have recognized that um, all of us are our own best healers. And when we're following that call and we're following our intuition and we're trusting that and moving towards it, that is healing too. So it's not only leading you to your highest outcome and your highest path and what's best for you, it is healing you. And again, you can come to me and I will help you and we can do past life tarot reading. We can do guidance sessions where we're channeling through your guides and allies messages for you. We can do a regular tarot reading. We can do any of those journeys that are six months or so, any of these things. And the whole time, what's really actually true is you will be healing yourself, right? We talked about this too, that I'm not actually doing anything and I am, I'm holding the channel open. I've developed these skills. I get it. But you're the one who actually has to do it. You're the one who actually has to receive it. You're the one who actually has to apply it and live it. And uh, you do that best when you're being true to yourself. So just like we talked about, if you're drawn to a certain healer or a certain type of healing or doing it in person, or you're more drawn to doing it from a distance, whatever those things are, you should listen to yourself about those things. That is what's going to lead you to your highest outcome. And, you know, as we are our own best healers, we are also our own best guides. And it's hard sometimes. I also go to other people sometimes because I just don't feel like I can get a clear line on what I'm supposed to do or what I'm going through, right? And so I have healer friends who we exchange and we work with each other on that, you know, so it is helpful to have someone else on the journey with you. And you should never ever though allow that to um, in any way dismiss your own power and your own intuition for yourself. Lindsay. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You did a great job. It was it was very, very informative, and I know everyone will really appreciate what you have said. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure, and I'm really grateful to be able to connect with people. So thank you, Bruce. Thank you for watching and listening to the Timeless Voyager series podcast on video players like YouTube, and audio players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
You know, one thing you can do to support the growth of the Timeless Voyager series is to hit that like button, share, comment. Comments are so important. And please subscribe. It really helps to keep the podcast on the internet so that I can keep producing content like the program you've just watched and or listened to. Also, these uh, actions are very important because they trigger algorithms that help grow the Timeless Voyager channel. And remember, there's no obligation and the actions are free. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.